You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. And here was the question. Can you bury Katsin? That's a officer. Shanofal Bikrav, that there was some fighting, shooting. Shanolad Me'em Nachriya. But he was born out of a Gentile's mother. His mother was not a Jew. His father was a Jew. And he lived in Eretz Yisrael and um, became a soldier in the Israeli army. He was killed. Can we bury him together with the other true Jewish fighters? So I don't know what his name was. Hey, Dalid is his initials. And Rav Goren says, Hashem, Yokum Domot. God should should be should, should take a nakama from the ones that killed him. He was his mother was a non-Jew, his father was a Jew. He was not yet able to be Megayer. It sounds from Ragoran's understanding that he was in the process or would want to become a Jew, but he was definitely had not yet become a Jew. Um, however, um, I believe Rav Goren says that he should be buried. In a Jewish, along with the Jewish, uh, other Jewish fallen soldiers, Kedosh HaMacherim. And Rav Goren is using the word a Kodosh for anyone who dies in battle defending Eretz Yisrael as a din of a Kodosh. And it would be in the Beis HaKvoros Ha'arai B'Shelach or Shelach. I'm not sure Shelach was probably uh, a cemetery that they had set up, a, a graveyard that they had set up for the soldiers there, and maybe then they'd be reburied in a different spot. Um, the reason I pask in this, from Goran says, is because he died for the nation, for the land. And therefore, he has, although he never became a, a Jew, there's a, a covenant of blood, the blood of his death and the blood of his fighting with Klal Yisrael and the land. Now, there's already a Gemar and Gitan, of Gorn points out, that says that we bury non-Jews along, look at the Lushan here that is quoted, in Mesei Yisrael, with the dead of Israel. So what does that mean, with the dead of Israel? So Rashi says, what does it mean? It doesn't mean that you bury in the same cemetery area, in the same cemetery. But what do you do? Im Yisrael means that if you find them, Nebuch, lying there dead, together with Jews that have been killed, then you deal with them as well. You don't say, I'm not touching the Jew, the non-Jew. I'm just burying the Jew. But Im Yisrael doesn't mean they're buried together with the Jews. And the truth is, if you look in the Rambam in Hilchas Ovel, that Paskins the Salacha, he doesn't say that you bury them together with Mesei Yisrael. Um, however, there seems to be a little contradiction in the Rambam, Griff Gorham points out. Because in Hilchas Melachim, that's in Hilchas Avil. Hilchas Melachim, which is in the same section, the Rambam says that you can be cover Meseim in Mesei Yisrael. So that shows that if necessary, you bury them in the same area, in the same section, along together in the Jewish cemetery. And he says, even though the great Radvaz, Rabdabadim and Zimra, 
makes that diak in the Rambam. Uh, it sounds like Rav David Ibn Zimra didn't see the Rambam in Ilchus Malachim. A little bit strange to say that, but that is what the Gorod says. And therefore, based on the Rambam, he feels there is definitely dark Shalom reasons enough that they should get a, a burial within the Jewish section. Um, however, in Yeridea, the tour brings the shot of Rashi, which does, which says they aren't buried with the Jews together. It means that we work with them. Um, the Beis Yosef brings the Ran, who says, it doesn't have to be that you found the dead bodies together with the, with the Jews. Even if you happen to find a dead body lying there, clearly to, to ignore it would create a international diplomatic brouhaha. Um, so therefore, the Ron says, you, def- you bury them even if you don't find them with, with the Jews together. And in fact, the Yershalmi, Goran loves the Yershalmi, and, and, and the Ron quotes it here, doesn't say with Mesei Yisrael. It just says, you bury non-Jews. Not with them. Not, right? Um, now, the Ron says, you should not, however, bury them next to a Jewish grave. Why? Now, this is not going to sound politically correct, but we know even among Jews, you don't bury a Russia with next to a tzaddik. So how could you break the barrier here and, 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 and agree to bury a non-Jew with a Jew? So it seems that the tour and the Beis Yosef quoting the Ran would seem to be preclude burying this young man together with the Jews. However, the Bach disagrees, Rabbi Yosirkish and Ilchas Avelus, and he says the two places the Rambam quotes it, Ilchas Avelus Malachim, it must be the fact that the Rambam decided to write it a second time shows you that the Rambam's coming to tell you a heter, that you can actually, if you find them together, if they have died together, and I'm not sure if Yosef Sirkish ever thought about this idea of them joining the Israeli army, but if you find the non-Jewish bodies together, it could have been a massacre, for example, where they all died, and Jews and non-Jews all died together because of some uh, terrible Chalmaniki-type uh, person. So you are allowed, the Bach says, based on the Rambam, to bury them together in the Jewish cemetery with the, where all the Jews are buried. But... Now, it, 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 what you can do is, though, the Bach sounds like, take a look at this, it's not next to the Jewish body, it's not Eitzel Yisrael, but it's in one Chotzer. So in other words, I guess you have some sort of separation. You see from the Bach, they can be in the same section. Rabbi Kivalevich, I heard that in Israel, in fact, they have special sections within the Jewish cemetery for such cases. The right. And this is, I think, where the Psach comes from, Dr. Kogan. This is, uh, Rav Gorin was the pace setter on this. And, that, and now you're seeing a little bit of the laboratory behind the scenes, where, where he gets this from. He says... Um, if you, they can, he says, he says, you see from the Bach, he says, you can't bury them right next to each other. But even though, according to the Bach, 
and, and maybe that's the biggest makel you have so far, right? Because the Bach is the champion of the Rambam. Rabbi Yol Sirkish is the one who champions the Rambam, but he still doesn't want to learn. The, again, according to Rashi and the Ran, Darke Shomanap, a reason to bury them in the same area next to a Jew, with along with the Jews. The Ran says clearly, there's a difference between Jew and non-Jew. Rosh and Sadik, for sure, Jew and non-Jew are a different kettle of fish. Wait, 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 one second. Okay. How, how, however, wait, one second, Dr. Kogan, just one second. So, whereas the Bach, who would seem to be the Matir, still means they need to be in a different part of, there has to be clear line of demarcation between where the Jews and the non-Jews are. They can't be buried. Yes, it's the Jewish cemetery, but it's a section of the Jewish cemetery, right, not next to us. Okay, what did you want to say, Dr. Kogan? Uh, what happens, it's a question to you. If, God forbid, a Jew dies by, by suicide. And I know there's some issues with burial. I don't know whether it applies to the cemetery or how that person is buried. So we have psokim that 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 are makel on almost every suicide, and it's based on Bryce's and Masechtas Evel and other places that say that we believe unless you know for sure that he. As he was falling, he's saying, I want to die, and I'm killing myself, and I'm happy about it. We assume that he really tried to stop himself and just, out of shock, fell. So this is a heter that we rely on not to treat suicides as if they shouldn't be buried among us. The strict halacha, the way it was originally formulated, was that a ma'abed atzmaladas doesn't deserve a, a normal burial or normal avelus. But there has been a counter psak that has been accepted that we are not sure who's really ma'abed himself ladas. That a ma'abed ladas, people at the end might regret it, but then it's too late and they end up dying, but it's not that they really wanted to die. So unless you actually have a video camera and you know for sure that it was a suicide from A to Z, the post can say we can be mako. There's other psalkim that say in order to spare the busha of a family, we can also be mako, the covet abrios of the family. So there are a number of coolers in a case of suicide uh, to allow a complete Jewish burial and Jewish avelus. Thank uh, okay? you. Okay. Thank you. So now, but let's talk about here about the, the, the young Jewish fighter who died, Nebuch, fighting the war for our country, Eretz Yisrael. So he says the Bach was not talking about a non-Jew um, who was fighting for Jewish people, who was willing to risk his life for the country. So they are more than the Hasidei Umosa Olam, right? That they have a chelik Olam Haba. They're more than just a good non-Jew who's going to get Olam Haba. They are Kedoshim that are more than, oh, there's a, there's a place that they have in Olam Haba. They're Mizumen L'chai Olam Haba. They are, they're, they're, they're like on the runway going. It's not, oh, they're going to get something there. Their mom is going to share Olam Haba together. Um, and uh, you can take a look, as he mentions here, about um, a number of non-Jews who he believes get Olam Haba 100%. One of them was Antinonis, 
Marcus, Mark Anthony or Antinonis, who was, of course, the, uh, the friend of Rebbe um, and grew up together with Yehuda Hanasi, the Pasuk says that even though the, Pasuk, the Gemara says, even though it says in Avadia, Lo yasrid lebeit Esav, that Esav, there's nothing going to be left from Esav, there's nothing going to be left, that's only if he acts like Esav. Whereas Antinonus, who didn't act like Esav, but like a tzaddik, there's going to be something left. He's going to get Olam Haba. Um, and that's what we're saying, that um, the, the, the Gemara Navodazara says that, that Antinonus is going to get Olam Haba together with Rebbe. So you see that there are great non-Jews who get great Olam Haba. And he brings, of course, uh, another Gemara. For example, the Gemara says that uh, um, we know by Reb Hanina ben Tradion that the, the, the executioner who allowed him to die uh, quicker because he, he he caused the flames to be stronger to allow Hananya ben Trajon to die an easier death, Abbasco came out and said that the Kaltzdarniri, this non-Jewish executioner, is going to get Olam Haba. Why? Because we know he actually threw himself in. Not only did he did he did he help Hananya die quicker, but because he didn't want to be punished by the other Roman officers who were watching him what he was doing. He threw himself in the fire, or, you know, he felt it was terrible what his life had been as a murderer, and the Bosco came out and said that you're going to be, you're getting Olam Haba. That sounds like he's getting Olam Haba together with the, with the Jews, even though he never became a Jew. He says, you see from here that any non-Jew that gives up his life for Jews and gets killed, he gets a chelik Olam Haba like a Jew. I should mention and of course, he's talking about a soldier. We all know about that Druze um, policeman who stepped into the fray uh, in the terrible murder in Harnof. You remember the hatchet murderer, those 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 Yamach Shemam, uh, murderers who came in to kill Jews in Shul. And of course, the, the first person on the scene, other than the, the Jews that were fighting there, were was a Druze officer who was who was was macheted to death or shot to death i forgot exactly and of course according to rev goren he's mamish is a kadosh and gets oilam haba and therefore we need to treat him the same way in terms of the way we bury him and since we should therefore bury him together with kever kever yisrael now I don't think the Druze fellow they buried in the Jewish cemetery. After I, they buried him up in one of the Druze cities. But I remember it was a huge Kiddush Hashem that there was busloads of Haredi Jews and Jews of all stripes, but the Haredim especially, who from Harnof and other places, who attended this funeral and wanted to be there uh, to show the Druze community how much it meant uh, that there was someone there that was, uh, that was who took his job that seriously and wanted to save other human beings and people from his country. 
Um, in, in this case, Goran wants to say there's another Svara because his father's a Jew. And there are some poskim who say that Midrabanan, he might be treated like a Jew. And this is a very controversial thing. But he says, I wrote a tshuva. And this is, he was here, not a chief rabbi at this point. He was still the uh, Rab Tzavai. He was still the chief chaplain of the Israeli army. You know what? It's, it so much doesn't capture the, the translation. I hate translations all the time, even though I have to use them. He wasn't the, the head chaplain. You know, when you think about the chaplain, you think about the, you think about that, that guy, you know, the guy from MASH, you know, who played the chaplain there uh, in, the, in the Korean army. You know, he was this soft-spoken guy who was sort of like, like, as a nobody. You know, Gorin was out there, you know, uh, he could shoot the rifle. Friar Tuck. Oh, Friar Tuck. Friar Tuck, right? yeah. Right. Friar Tuck is actually a better comparison. <laughs> <laughs> no, because Friar Tuck was a fighter. Friar right, Tuck, right. remember, Friar Tuck was really out there with Robin Hood together. But anyway, right, right, I know right. Moshe is saying, Moshe Eliezer is saying, what are they talking about all these crazy things for? The point is, is that he isn't just a chaplain. He wasn't just the chief chaplain of the Israeli army. He, he was the posek and, and elochim and many, many things biyachad. And therefore, he says he wrote a, a tshuva to Rav Unterman, or actually not the Rav Unterman, but he says he wrote it to Levi Eshkol, um, that you can bury him in a Kever Yisrael, 100%, and he should be buried together with other Jewish soldiers because of what he was doing. So that is the, um, that is the Psak. Uh, the editors of this tshuva find it interesting uh, that Gorin Gor- was mentioning that there was some Svara that, that, Antinonus might have become a Jew or not. Um, and that seems to be strange to think about that. Anyway, the point is, however, is that the way Rav Goran views it, Antinonus and others get Olam Haba. This boy who died definitely gets the Olam Haba of a Jew. Um, let's take a look at this question. Uh, another burial question. Um, and Rav David Brudman, Karaun. Now, of course, that is in North Africa. I think it's in Tunisia, I believe. Uh, Karaun, I think it's Tunisia. You, might, you can look it up, but uh, I think it's in Tunisia. Um, here was the question, and Goran at this point was the chief rabbi. Is there any way we can bury in Aronot? In other words, can we put the man in a casket in the ground? Is that possible in Israel? So he says, look, I want you to know, this is a minig that we do not use in any way, shape, or form caskets in Eretz Israel. Now, what the Rav of Karaun wanted to ask was, maybe we could bury him there. And in other words, and then, as they put him in the ground, they shove away the lower board. So this way, it's like there's a, the body is sort of like in a, in a, oh, it's in a kever, it's in an aron, but underneath, it's, 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 there's nothing there supporting it. So it's like his body is in the ground. So, Rav Gorin said, look, um, I'm not sure about corona, 
what what if if this is, is changed? I don't think so. I'm not sure if a, if it makes much of a difference if a person dies from Corona or, or not. I think again, I think in in it, you can tell me if you've heard about it. It could be they they put the body in an oro now and they don't hold the 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 the, the body. Uh, like they used to, but I'm sure they remove all the boards and everything and make sure that the body is only, there's no kever around the body at all. In other words, in the handling of the body, I'm sure there has been a lot of changes even in Eretz Yisrael. But I, I think at the end of the day, Nebuch, the body is still in the ground without any wood or anything around it. Here, I think they, um, I've heard here that if it's Corona, they will actually not even do a full Tahara because there's been people, like there are people right. who got caught it from from death, death. from dead people, right? Yeah. I know about the non-Tahara, that much I know. Uh, and they put it in bo- body bags. So, uh, okay. I yeah. so, so in other words, the body is placed in a bag and the bag is placed in the, in, in, right. in, in the Oron. But there is an Oron, right? There is an Oron there. Well, for here in the United States. United most States, right, right. Could be near to show they put it in a body bag. I don't know. I didn't look What in. is the inyan of a talit? So that is also a minag uh, of, you know, as if they're going to have tchiat you know, even though the talit is puzzle usually. Um, that's a good question. In other words, you're saying, why why ruin the talit? In other words, why why bury the man in a talit, you're asking? Um, I think part of it is, is a kavod amet. The kavod that he that, that in a way there's a sense of of, of he's going to the Olamayamis. I think it, it makes it sends a message. Look, you could ask the same question, Moshe. Why is he why is he buried in the big day kahuna? Why is he buried in in the bagadim like that? Why do we do that? You know, right? If if those are just going to be rotting away, um, right? They're, they're going to be rotting away in the ground. Maybe they should be a person should be buried naked. And, and, and I think the point is, is that it's a kavod for the person, right? It's a kavod of the person that he, that, that we have a sense of him becoming a kohen or a kohen gadol, uh, you know, uh, and I think it, it, it sends a message to us. You know, obviously, um, you, know, you, you could just put him naked into the oro, nobody would see anything. But I think the idea is, is that we still have the kavod to that body. We want to uh, cover it. We want to treat it as if it has, and maybe that's part of the reason why a Jew goes with a talis. I want to tell you, I did a lot of taharis, and this was probably one of the few times these men were wearing talisim, because I did a taharis on a lot of Jews that were not uh, religious whatsoever, and we still somehow found sometimes a talis for them. The minig is mavata halacha. Rav Goran points out, Yishalmi from Yishalmi Baba Metziah, and he says, this is one of the greatest minhagim, not to use the oronot. This is a minig vatikin, and therefore, that's what should be done. Now, he says, now, when I was the chief chaplain, when I was the Rav Tzavai, then we did bury an oronot. They did bury Nebuch, the, uh, the soldiers, in oronot. And that was with the psak of Rav Tzvi Pesach Franks, that's all. And that was because most of the Nebuch bodies that were recovered from the, from the Steyakrav, most of them were 
killed and their bodies were not whole and, and the, and, and they had torn limbs and other things. And, um, because of that, they had to gather their pieces, Nebuch. And he felt it was a much greater covode to at least be able to place them in this box that they could somehow reconstruct in some way, uh, what that body had been. So that was a special psak of Kovet Ames that went against, even though the Minag was, we bury everyone without Aronot in Eretz Yisrael, but those that have died in Sahal, Goran, Goran came up with that psak. But he says, if it's not a, a military cemetery and people that just die normally, then you cannot be Mako. But of course, Rav Goran says he didn't pass it all by himself. He said that he got the agreement of Ratsi Pesach Frank. So that's, I, I said today's shear was going to be unusual burials. So we had one unusual person, a non-Jew, and now we have Nebuch uh, burials of uh, an unusual way against the Minag. Here is another question that came up when Goran was chief rabbi, I think, already. And Dr. Kogan, I think you're going to appreciate this. Um, what should we do with the ashes of those that have passed away that many have brought with them from Brit Hamotzet, Hamotzot, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but I think that is the Soviet Union, correct? Moshe? Well, it's like that, who were, cre- who were cremated, yeah. Right, so this is the way you refer to Moatzot. Moatzot, that's the Soviet Union, right? Yes, it's it the is. the USSR. Okay. Correct. Yes, I, I, I knew that. I just wasn't sure, but I wanted to get your So Anyway, so as, as, as Dr. Kogan knows, many Russians made Aliyah, they brought with them the cremated remains of their family. Uh, Rabbi Kivlevich, just uh, they wouldn't allow people to yes, bury the, the, that, that's so they, they, they forced people to, to have them. That's right. So again, as he says, they, they, they actually wanted to bring the bodies to Israel. They weren't able to. So what they did was they cremated the bodies in order to bury them in Israel. Right? They couldn't, even if when they were in, in other words, the idea, I guess, in Russia, they didn't, when they knew they were making Aliyah to, to Israel from Russia, they went and had the bodies cremated in order that they should bring the the remains to Eretz Israel. Maybe, maybe. I do not know. Maybe. Now, the question is, why didn't they just keep him buried in Russia? Exactly. And this is a very big Aliyah to, uh, to Met. Right. So the reason why they said that was <laughs> they were worried that when they're not there, that they're going to go and desecrate the sand. In other words, when the Jews no, are nobody there... Nobody will take care of it. No, right. Nobody will take care of it. it and, and, and more than that. that, more than that, Dr. Kogan, they're going to, the Goyim are going to come and, 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 and have their fun in the Jewish cemetery there. Very possible. Yes, yes. <laughs> People think that, you know, we have bulvanim here in, in, in America, like we have these hicks. Nothing compares to these Russian peasants, right? Those guys, yeah. th- those guys could do the wildest. They, you know, now the Jews are gone. Let's go to the cemetery and dig up the bodies and desecrate them. 
So Moshe, I don't know if you think that's a good enough answer, but now you understand what they were worried about. They're worried about they they're going to Israel, and their mother or I, father. I've seen I've seen many uh, cemeteries desecrated in Iran. Also, Jewish with, cemeteries. With, with, that... with that, yes, with that, it's still uh, you you prefer to 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 be mekaber uh, met than burned. Right, but but the problem was that if we leave the body in the ground, it's gonna there's gonna be a bigger bizoyon. So this is what they thought. Now they didn't ask Rav Gorin beforehand. They just knew they were making aliyah. They arranged for the cremation of their relatives, and they brought along with them these arono. They brought these little I forgot what it's called cremate. The, the box that has Earn. the, the urns, the urns with the remains in it. And now they want to bury it. Let, okay, let me bury it in a Jewish grave. That was the question. So, who asked them the question? The heads of the cemetery asked them the question. So, look. Um, he said, I want to tell you, um, this is a unique situation in the Soviet Union and in all other communist places, Rav Goren says. So therefore, we, meaning himself, and I guess other Rabbanim, but the Rabbanut, he spoke in the royal we, maybe, matirim onu et purata efer amuval yidei olim The people who bring their, the remains and urns, however, they made a special section for it in Har Menuchot. In, in Har Menuchot, in Yerushalayim, where they would put the ashes there. That was the, uh, uh, what he said, what it was about. Um, I want to, um, again, there's, it's a very interesting question. I, I, I'd like to um, finish off, though, with another question about, um, well, here is a question Two, I'll, I'll go two more things. Here was a question that Rav Gorin was asked in 1972. Um, they they went on the oh, the march of the living, or they took people to the concentration camps, and they found in uh, Medanek, Medanek that there were still ashes there. Uh, from the gas chambers. And there was the question of what to do with them. Now, I guess they were on this trip in 1972, uh, view, visiting the concentration camps, Nebuch, and someone scooped up the ashes and um, they asked Rav Gorin what they should do with them. So, he says that it's clear that what you should do is take those ashes that you brought from the Kedosh Shoah, and they have to go, to, of course, to a base Kvaro, the Jewish cemetery. And this way, of course, we could say that the Kedoshim of Madanik have a real, of somewhat of a real burial, even though it's only their ashes. Now, what should we, where should we put those ashes? So he says the best place to put it is not Har Menuchot, which he talked about for the Russians who brought their family members in the urns, but it's in Har Azesim. 
Um, and in Harazesim itself, sorry, I'm, <laughs> it's a little bit emotional. In Harazesim itself, the place that it should be is Chelkat Hanaviim. I'm not, that's a certain section in Harazetim. Liyad Kever Ha'achim, Shochalei Yerushalayim Atika, Shenofu B'Mulchemet HaKomomiyot. Right next to the people who fought in the, um, the War of Independence. And that Gorin said, I made sure that those people were buried there. Um, this is what he felt, and I think what he wanted to um, what he wanted to indicate was that they should be together with the ones who helped give us the country of Eretz Yisrael. And um, you know, there's no question about that. Uh, here was a, a question: was a woman that remained in Germany um, until, until the Nazis took power. This is from 1977, this question. Um, she wanted, um, uh, when she became ill, she said, I guess she stayed in Germany. I'm not sure where she was after the war. Um, she asked in her in her uh, will that her body should be burnt and to bring her Eifert there to Israel. So that, again, was a question. Um, and this was a tshuva that he wrote to the Rav of Nariya. And he says that there's this woman that stayed in Germany. And I guess she made Aliyah there to Israel. I don't want to be buried in Germany, or maybe she went back there to Germany to live. Um, And she said she was worried that her children were not going to fulfill her desire to live in Eretz Yisrael. So she asked if they could bury, if they should, she didn't know she wasn't, she said bury her in Israel. She wanted to be cremated and her body brought, her urns brought, remains brought to Israel. So first of all, uh, Rav Goren gets into the question about um, is there a mitzvah of Kura on on remains? Um, and, you know, he has a number of, of discussions about maybe you could say it's not even a body anymore, right? And this, of course, is relevant to, to our questions that we were saying before. Um, but the part that I want to uh, talk about with you um, you know, he talks about kapara and other things. Um, obviously, if the if it's something if a body is burnt totally, the mitzvah from the Torah doesn't apply. But what he wants to say here in this case, why it might be different, and I want to just get to his psak. Why this case of the woman might be different. So he says that um, since her reason why she wanted to be cremated, because she didn't want to be buried in 
Germany because the Germany had allowed the Nazis to to rise. He was Mako that to be married in a Jewish cemetery, but with with the urn, together with the urn. She says she didn't know. Her kavana was Litova. She didn't do it as a kavana lover. She didn't realize. Sir Gorin felt he, he, he even though it might create, he didn't feel create a precedent to get people to do cremations. And I'm I'm going to say I don't know Moshe, and if this is correct, but I think that there's probably a movement among the non-religious in Israel to push for cremations because there's such a, a shortage of cemetery space in Israel. Unfortunately, it's uh, there is, but whoever asks for it, it's uh, for some reason it's a lot of Ashkenazim asking for it, the non-religious Ashkenazim, because such a thing didn't exist in uh, in the Middle East. Right. No one burned their bodies; they they uh, they buried everybody. But now, but now I believe, I, and Rav Goren had to be very careful, you know, not creating a precedent for this to happen. And unfortunately, I think it has happened in a large people are saying, you know, especially when, look, I, let, if you, if, if you're, if you have the schus to be buried near its Yisrael, probably you're not going to get buried today right in the ground. And even if you, you might just get in some sort of kuch, might, some sort of tunnel and some sort of thing. And it might, you might be buried on top of somebody else. That's only in Yerushalayim, Kudarav. But, uh, Beit Shemesh is plenty of room, and other cities that have plenty of room. Yes, the, uh, I need to look into it. <laughs> the I, the I need... option of the burning the body, it existed in America and Europe, didn't exist in the uh, Middle East. No, no, I understand, right, and I, I'm just saying that the, um, yeah. Um, Okay, so those are some interesting questions. I am actually looking into buying a chilka in Beit Shemesh. It's $8,000 for a foreigner. Not so bad. Not so bad. Not so bad. In Haraman Uchot, it's $32,000. All right. I've got to look into it. Let's let's end tonight with what I thought was an interesting psaac. They're all interesting. They're all very interesting. And I, I hope you're finding them interesting. This was a psaac uh, of, uh, and it, it really rang a bell with me. Um, there was a woman whose husband died, and she was living in Montreal. And then, well, then she got married a second time. Um, her second husband, I don't know if he was happy with this, but this, she said when she dies, she wants to be buried next to her first husband. I would assume the reason why this is a Shila is because the first husband, the second husband, isn't happy about it. Now, you, some of you might remember a number of months ago, I, I learned together with you a psaac from Chaim David Halevi about, remember, about a, a woman who remarried after her yes. first husband died. Yes. Yes. And Chaim and, and David Alevi was very worried that that the woman, the, and this was a young woman who married one of her, 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 her husband was a soldier who had died and she married one of her first husband's friends and he advised her 
know not to visit the grave and to, to work on the new marriage and not to upset the Shalom bias. So you could see that this is a sensitive thing. Uh, and there was a question of whether, and this was in 1980, whether, whether Yeshua... Okay. I apologize. Would there be a difference if there were children from the first marriage and not from the second, so therefore... The children want to visit their parents. So you're right. You're right, Sheila. That's coming up. There were no, there were no children from the second marriage either. So now um, I would assume, and this is a horrible case because the second husband was against it, probably, and yet she felt that she wanted to be buried by the first husband. You'll see in a minute why. The Besden of Montreal had already poskened on this. And, and the question the question was who was actually dealing with this? This was um, the uh, cemetery in Vienna, because I think her first husband was buried in Vienna, and then she moved to to Canada and married, or, or somehow she married her second husband there. And now the question was, can will should the cemetery in Vienna take her, or is it against the will of what the first husband wanted? The second husband wanted. So this Shiloh came up to the Besden in Montreal. And it turns out when she went to the Besden in Montreal, she explained that it isn't just that she loves her first husband or loved him and she loves him more. She promised him. She says, after 120 years, I'm going to be, in other words, before her husband had first husband died, she promised him that she was going to be buried next to him. And therefore, she wants to live up to that promise. Now, as Sheila pointed out, there are actually, she never had any children. She didn't have children from either husband. So therefore, um, Rav Gorin, recognizing another genius, and someone that I uh, had supposed to be very close with his son, you might have heard of him, of course, the Besden of Montreal and the head of the Besden of Montreal, the Boki Nifl Bechedre Teira, the great Rav Pinchas Hirschsprung, um, and his Chaver, Rav Yitzchok Hendel, um, that Paskind, that there is a mitzvah nachova, that she should be buried back with the first husband. And therefore, the Beis Achayim in Vienna needs to ensure that there is a place next to her first husband for her and there is no other psak that can be said and um, now just on the heels of this um, it seems like there wasn't that much space in the Vienna Besden so on the heels of this psak the question was, she said she wants to be buried next to him. How about if we bury, I'm sorry, I'm going to say this. How about if we bury her on top of him? Is that also good? <laughs> right? And you can see that this was the, uh, I guess, the, the, the Vienna, Viennese uh, Cemetery Association. They said they sent them a letter in Yiddish. Um, they sent them, they sent a telegram. 
And does that mean she has to have a special place because she buried with him or not? So he says... Uh, yes. When a person dies, what's the difference where he's going to be buried? They, I mean, they, I, we know there is an afterlife and all that. The, there is a neshama. But does the place that the person gets married, buried, makes a difference? We, you know, this is a similar to the question that Dr. Kogan asked. Isn't it a, a greater kavod that they should have a, a separate place, right? To be buried, to open up. Basically, what they were talking about was opening up the grave of the first husband and, and then inserting her into that spot. You could say that's not a kavod for her, right? Right? That, that you don't get your own spot. Or kavod for him. Right. So the question is, um, remember, she said she wanted to be, you know, again, the, 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 the Gorin wrote, she should be buried liyad baila. Right? That was the words that he said over here. Um, that, where does it say that? That it's going to be buried liyad baila. Here it is. Shaliyad kever baila. Harishon avura. There should be a spot for her. So I guess the question was, again, people, there wasn't much room. And does that mean that the Rabbanuta Roshit is saying that they need to clear? And I guess, remember, Moshe, they could they could sell that other spot. And maybe that's part of it as well. So Rav Gorin goes into a whole discussion here that uh, bearing one on top of the other it gets into a very interesting uh, discussion about it. What does it mean, Eitzel HaMizbeach? Does Eitzel mean next to it or on top of it? So once again, he just says, Hinani Ma'ashir, as a Psak Din Shobesnev in Montreal, it should be, Besom Mokhlo Mokhlo Mkvores Barvarishon, Vinim Ein Mokhlo Mlitvro Tabesom Let's say, as they are saying, they've already sold that spot. Or, it's a, or you can imagine, in Europe, there isn't much space. It's old, these old cemeteries. I haven't been in Vienna, but I can imagine. The Midigan Vienna was to actually bury, you know, when they ran out of space to put one on the other. So Rav Gorin says that they can do that, even if she doesn't have her own exact space. We'll end, of course, with these wonderful words. Biva Amavet Lenetzach. Machaye Chaim Yitain Lachem Chaim Tovim Aruchim Umutukanim. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 